Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Hey, y'all, and welcome back for more Gin Juice. Today, I'm talking about dating after divorce, and this is the second episode in a two-part series on this topic. Last week, I covered evaluating your marriage, getting in the right mindset to date again, and how you know when it's the right time to start dating again, and being certain that you can have the future that you want to have. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and check out episode number 73. So much good stuff in there. This week, I'm going to get into all the details about dating after divorce. Dating is different now. So how do you date after divorce? I'm going to tell you. First of all, there is no rush. Take your time. Don't jump out there before you're healed or without taking care of your own stuff, your own issues, healing and forgiving people in your past and especially yourself. So important. I talked a lot about that last week, but I'm just going to remind you, very important not to skip this part. Next, I want to suggest that you build a healthy, balanced social life First, just for you, get outside of yourself, outside of your own private world, and practice your social skills in new settings. Join a gym, go to the library, get involved in your neighborhood or community, even talking to people in the grocery store. Practice your social skills in new ways, in a variety of ways. Put yourself in new social situations every day. Very important. Next, you need to balance your life. It's important that you fill your own cup and take care of your own needs before expecting someone else to do that for you. The way that I like to help my clients do this is by taking care of their own needs In each of these four areas, spiritually, intellectually, physically, and socially, it lines up perfectly with the new goal-setting program for children and youth, and it applies to all of us. What I have found is that when I balance my day by doing something in each of these four areas, spiritually filling myself, spending time reading my scriptures, listening to podcasts, immersing in spiritual content and growth. I feel full in that area. Next, intellectually, read a book or watch a documentary or study something that you're really interested in. It's intellectually challenging and so important for your own fulfillment. Physically, I know you guys have heard me talk about this a lot, but oh, couldn't go without my daily workouts. I have always said I don't need Prozac if I can work out. 
Get your physical exercise every day and get outside. Look at the sunshine. Enjoy the beauties of the earth. Move your body for 30 minutes a day, walking, running, doing whatever type of exercise you enjoy. Do something physical every day. And the fourth area is socially. This can be an area where, you know, things can fall through the cracks when you're single, especially if you're living alone. You're going to have to put effort into filling your social cup, but that is your job. All of those areas need to be filled every day for you just to be a whole healthy, balanced person. And that applies whether you're single or married. That is important to fulfill your own needs. So my challenge to you is to balance your life by balancing every day and filling your own cup in each of these four areas spiritual, intellectual, physical, and social. That's your job. So you fill your own cup. Then when you do meet someone, when you're interacting with someone, you're a healthy, whole, balanced version of yourself. You have a lot more to offer when you are taking care of your own needs in each of these areas. The next step in dating after divorce is make goals for your future. Think about where you want to be in a year in two years, in five years, or even 10 years from now, and write down specific goals for yourself and your life that could include someone else or not. But it's important that you still look ahead to your future with optimism and hope and plan for the future. And then when you are meeting and interacting with others, when you meet someone whose goals for their future line up with yours, That is a really good indication that you guys are aligned, that you're similar, that you might be good partners. But it's important that you keep planning and preparing for your own future. Next, identify what you are looking for. Make a list of non-negotiable things, things that are very important to you, things that you're looking for in a future spouse. It's okay to write it down. It's actually really important. Write down things that you want in a future spouse and things that you don't want. You can even put wishes and wants in there, but especially red flags that you don't want to have in a future relationship. I actually just read a book by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog. Such a great book. So many amazing life lessons that Brian shares. He shares the story of how he ended up marrying his wife. He talks about how they were friends in college, and she was wondering how to decide who to marry and when would be the right time to marry. And Brian gave her the advice of making a list, of writing out everything that she wanted in a future spouse and being very specific about the details. And the next time that they got back together, she shared that she had made a list and that Brian had all of the qualities on her list. And he said, well, that's very interesting. Let me go make a list and I'll let you know. So he went back, made his own list and realized that she also had all of the qualities that he was looking for. And then they decided to date. Really interesting. I don't think that's how most of us do it, but it just goes to show how important it is to be very specific about what you want. And many of us don't take the time to sit down and write out a list of what we actually want in a future spouse. So important. 
Okay, those are the steps to get you started. I'm also going to share six tips for successful dating after divorce. So once you're out there, once you've followed all the first steps that I've given you, I want to give you some tips for how to be successful in your dating. DSD, something Amy Porterfield um, uses a lot in her coaching, do something different. I want to challenge you to sign up for activities that fit your hobbies and interests. Take a class like an art class or dance or a fitness class or even poetry or photography. Do something different in your free time. Get out in the community. Take a class that interests you. This will be a way for you to increase your skills and also another opportunity to practice your social skills and meet more people. Number two, attend social events in your social network and neighborhood. Just get out of your own world, as I mentioned earlier, and make an appointment. Put it on your calendar to attend social events in your community, in your area. Number three, attend LDS singles events like firesides, conferences, and dances. I have many clients who do this and some who don't want to do this. I want you to go with the attitude of what can I offer? How can I enhance or enrich this activity? What can I give? I think you'll have much more success and enjoyment if you go thinking and offering to serve and make the activity a wonderful event, not looking for what can this event do for me. Any event that you attend or any organization you're involved with is going to be more beneficial for you and others if you go with an attitude of serving and giving, not what are they doing for me? Next tip, ask family and friends to help you make connections and recommendations. This is actually a suggestion from Elder Bednar that he made to the young single adults of the church a couple of years ago in a face-to-face broadcast, but he suggested that you reach out to the people that know you and love you and ask them to make recommendations and connections. They may know someone who they think would be a great fit for you, but they may not want to approach you. Involve others in your dating. Now, this comes with a caveat. As you're getting to know someone, be cautious and careful. I would, you know, I made some recommendations in last week's episode about setting up some safety protocols for yourself, especially on first dates and if you're connecting online or through an app. So that's not what I'm talking about this time. I'm talking about making sure the person that you're dating or you're interested in meets other people who know you and care about you. Um, Maybe your friends or your family or both. Do not rush in and introduce your children to your dates. Until you get more serious with someone, do not rush involving the children. But I do think it is very helpful to let your friends, people that know you and care about you, meet those that you're dating. They are going to have a really good idea about whether or not you guys are going to be a good fit and they may see things that you don't pick up on. The people that know you and love you and care about you, they're going to be a good judge of other people that you're interested in. So I think it's important to let your friends get involved with the dating process. 
go on double dates, group dates. Just make sure other people are involved in your dating. Next, join online social groups. There are many Facebook groups for singles. There are singles pickleball groups, singles hiking groups, singles traveling groups. That's another way that you can connect with people, but also share a community with them. So as you have mutual friends, or as you get to know each other through an online group first, then it's easier to bridge that gap to dating in person once you've already made some social connections online. Now, I do think exploring online dating and dating on the apps are an option for dating. I would just say, be very cautious. I would encourage you to do FaceTime calls as much as possible, not texting or messaging, actually looking face-to-face with someone as quickly as possible, maybe the first introduction, and set up some safety measures for meeting in person if you have connected with someone online or through an app. Make sure you never give someone your address and have them meet you at your house. You want to meet in a safe location and you want to make sure you tell other people about this meeting and where you're going to be and maybe even invite other people to be there on the first meeting. I also want to add a warning to trust your instincts, okay? That's something that doesn't change no matter how old you are and whether you've been divorced or not. If you've never been married, trust your gut. It's not going to steer you wrong. So when you're talking to someone, when you meet someone, if you just get this feeling that they're off, you need to trust it. Move on. Keep yourself in a safe situation. I also have some do's and don'ts for you for dating after divorce. Good tips to remind you, do be yourself. Okay. Remember, you don't want to be anyone different than you are. And something that I talk about with my clients all the time is developing godly confidence in yourself. It doesn't come from pride or conceit or being better than anyone else. It comes from a confidence in who you are and in honoring your covenants with God, being proud of who you are. Go with godly confidence. Do put yourself together. This should be obvious that you take care of yourself. Put some time and effort into taking care of your appearance and your grooming. You know, guys, go and get your teeth cleaned. If you don't have a wife to tell you this, you need to make sure you go to the dentist regularly and take care of your dental health and put your best face forward, okay? Get a haircut. Go get a nice new outfit. Put yourself together, okay? It really does matter. Do get curious about everyone you meet. Remember that there is something fascinating about everyone. Get curious about what that could be about whomever you meet. If you just go with this attitude of curiosity, then you will be surprised about what you can find out about whomever you meet. And you really shouldn't make a decision right away based on your first impression about whether this is someone you're going to marry. You don't need to worry about that. Do go with the attitude of interviewing your date, not, I hope they like me. You need to go with an attitude of confidence, not insecurity, okay? 
Once you've made your list and you know what you're looking for, you're interviewing your prospects, right? You're curious about them, but you're also assessing them as you do this. You don't need to go in with a lack of confidence or people-pleasing attitude, okay? Now, do not badmouth your ex or talk about your divorce constantly. No one wants to hear about that. It's not going to benefit any new relationship that you have. So just stop yourself. Don't even mention their name. Don't badmouth your ex. Go ahead right now and think of the answer to the question, why did you get divorced? Come up with an answer that you're comfortable with from a place of personal responsibility, learning, and growth. So do be prepared with the answer to the question, why I got divorced. But do it from a place of learning and growth without, you don't even have to name your ex. You can talk about yourself and all that you've learned in the process and now you're single. That's all. You don't have to go into all the details and share anything private with anyone. Don't let your kids define who you are. It is okay to talk about your kids and to talk about yourself for sure. They want to get to know you, but... Make sure you're not spending all of your time talking about your children. I'm talking to you, moms. Do recognize red flags. Things like drugs, alcohol abuse, meanness, lying. If you see it once, it's going to happen again. So these are red flags. And that would be all you needed to know about that person to not want to interact with them anymore. Don't even think of rationalizing bad behavior early on in a dating situation. If you see red flags, like these things, lying especially, those are red flags, run away. You don't need to go there. Do be kind and open-minded. You never know what the future holds. On this note, I want to share my story. This is something that I haven't shared very often, but it fits perfectly here about being open-minded because you never know who you're going to end up with. Even when you have a list, your future spouse may not look at all or be at all like you think they're going to be. My story is a perfect example of this. My husband and I actually met through a blind date. A good friend of mine had met my husband and his brother at an institute class And she had offered that she and I would go on a double date with the both of them. I wasn't even there at the time. She was there alone and had asked out my husband and his brother on a double date with the both of us. And she told me about it later. And I was pretty reluctant because I'm usually had never been the type of person that would ask a man on a date or to be so bold. But my girlfriend definitely was. She had it all arranged. We were supposed to go out on a double date to get pizza at a local place after Institute on the following Wednesday. And so we did. We went to Institute and then we walked over to this restaurant and ordered some pizza and sat down and talked. And my husband and his brother were both pretty quiet. And I really didn't get to know either of them very well on the first date. Actually, I had a little bit of a bad attitude about the whole evening because my girlfriend had, you know, without my permission, gone and asked both of them on a double date. And I was a little bit apprehensive about doing that anyway. 
I wouldn't say I went in open-minded. That's why I'm suggesting that you stay open-minded because at the end of the night, as we were walking out, my husband now leaned over to me and said, so what do you think about you and I just going out together sometime on a date? And I was not so open to it, let's say. I said, do you go to the temple? We live in a pretty small town and there's a temple. The only one in the whole state is pretty close to us. And my free time and my nights off when I was single would go to the temple. And so I spent a lot of time in the temple. It was just my favorite thing to do when I was single and it still is my favorite thing to do. And I was a little reluctant to share my phone number with him. And so I asked if he goes to the temple and he said, yeah, I go to the temple. And I said, well, I've never seen you there. And maybe I'll see you there sometime. And it was my way of sort of letting him know that was the minimum requirement to date me. And I had already decided that before I ever met him, that I didn't even want to go out with someone that didn't have a current temple recommend and wasn't attending the temple. It was something that was really important to me. And, you know, he seemed nice enough, but I just thought, no, I'm not even going to go there unless he has a temple recommend. Well, what do you know? The next time I went to the temple, I want to say it was in the next week or two, there he was walking around in the foyer, looking around, and we ran into each other, and we talked again, and that night, I did give him my phone number. Then we started dating after that, and the rest is history, friends. I share with you, do be kind and open-minded to everyone that you meet. You never know what your future holds. I didn't even want to share my phone number with my husband the first night we met. And now we've been married for 18 years. So stay open-minded and be kind. Things will work out. As I was preparing for this podcast, I found some really unique dating, getting to know you questions that I will share with you guys. I think these are awesome questions that you can use as you're chatting on an app or FaceTime or when you're just meeting and getting to know someone. What is the best piece of advice you have ever been given? What are you known for? If you could keep only three apps on your smartphone, what would they be? How long have you known your best friend and why do you get along so well? As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? What is your dream job? What period in history would you most like to live in and why? What kind of music do you like? Even if it's impossible to pick one favorite artist or group, what are your top five? Do you have a hero? Who is it and why do you admire them? Are you a foodie or do Hot Pockets and ramen noodles suit you just fine? And can you cook and do you enjoy it? Is there anything about yourself that you are currently trying to change? Do you like to travel? And if so, what is the most fascinating place you've been? I think these are great getting to know you questions that are a little bit unique and not the typical ones. I also want to leave you with my firm witness that if you put your faith in God and trust his plans for your life are far better than anything you can imagine, you will see miracles in your life. And if you haven't seen miracles yet, God is not finished. I know this is true. I have seen this in my life and the lives of my clients, and I know it's true for you. 
I would love to help you in your journey to joy, create the life that you dream of. So if you like this show and you're getting something out of it, I'd love for you to tell your friends about it. I really want to share the tools and the information that I have to help as many people as possible. So if you have learned something that's helped you, please share it with someone else. And if you haven't, please leave me a review, hop on Spotify or iTunes and give me a rating and review. And if you want help with a specific problem, let me know what it is and I will address it here on the podcast. Go to ldsdivorce.com. Thanks you guys for tuning in this week. I love you guys. Have a great week. Bye y'all. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to ldsdivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.